This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Yeehaw! Our heroes are in Wild West Faerun. Butthole was determined not to be put in a cell. Sheriff Quinny was horrified by the fact his prisoner might not be Red Reggie. And Moss found out Tomb Slab has only three days left before they're invaded. Can our heroes battle the Tingly Boys without any ammo? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. In three days, the town of Tomb Slab will burn. This is the promise of Angel Eyes Archie Tingler of the Tingle Boys. And uh, a promise from uh, Archie, a, uh, a bandit truly in the, the mold of the God of War himself, is a, uh, is a promise worth heeding. Um, having found the the severed hand of Leanna Cattleshield along with the threat and the general store uh, ransacked, uh, most notably of food, meaning that the town is now drastically under uh, food supplied as well. Yeah. Um, Moss, uh, you uh, you find yourself having to report back uh, to uh, Quinny and uh, Butthole uh, about the state of things. Um, as uh, word begins to spread uh, throughout the town, it becomes apparent that um, there were uh, a few break-ins. Um, of course, unbeknownst to most of the people in town, a break-in at uh, Shooty McGillicuddy's Pew Pew Emporium isn't actually that big a deal because uh, the town has been waiting for a resupply on ammo uh, for a while. Luckily, the sheriff's department um, has some ammunition, but uh, ammunition in the way that people who rarely need to shoot anyone need ammunition, not ammunition in a defend the town against a bandit assault kind of way. Um, so, uh, Moss, you arrive back at the uh, the sheriff's uh, office and um, find Quinny uh, kind of thousand yards staring uh, at his desk and uh, Butthole uh, calmly petting uh, Goblin Jr. Um, and uh, you, it's your duty to inform them of what you've discovered. Uh, well, Sheriff, I'm glad that Y'all have worked out your differences because we've got a problem uh, on our hands. We sure do. What? Uh, what's the problem? We've got the Tingly Boys coming to burn this place down in three days. And we've got a missing Leanna Cattle Shield. Well, I mean, her hand's here, but the rest of her's missing. Well, that's great. Any... Uh, uh, so, sorry, that's great? What? Yeah, Moss, that's, that's super. Um, let's see here. So... Anyone else missing or parts of them? Uh, not, not, that, not that we know of. All right. And how do we know that uh, the gang is coming to uh, burn the town to the ground? Well, they left a note. Days. They left yeah. a note. Moss, I think it's safe to say you brought the note. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this note. Oh, wow. This and be here's great. the hand. <laughs> Okay, the hand I'm less okay with. We got to save her. But, like, we wanted to kill Archibald anyways, and that's worth, like, a thousand gold, right? Yeah. Why are they trying to scare us out of town? We're nobody. We're nothing. Do they know that we're... Did Did anyone break into McGillicuddy's? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Place is ransacked. Well, they should know we don't have no bullets. Why are they giving us three days? That's weird. Uh, anything to do with the railroad? Maybe. 
Wait, um, we don't we have bullets? Well. No, no. Okay, uh, well, do you have enough swords or axes or shields? Like, we could just stage it out. I had to fight some laser guns with just, like, a hammer once. I mean, we do have some hammers and some saws. Do we have swords and shields? Is that a thing? No. Uh, it is a thing in this world. You just don't have them. Yeah. Um, the typical armaments, just for, for reference, um, following the uh, traditional rules of a Western... Uh, not that long ago, Old West Faerun was torn apart uh, by a, a civil war. Um, and uh, as a result, there are still munitions and uh, tools of, of that uh, that great conflict uh, around. So think more like cavalry sabers, um, that sort of thing, like bowie knives. Um, there are definitely uh, weapons from earlier times that do still exist, but generally speaking, people are, are more armed with uh, with modern weapons. Right. Okay. Quote, quote, weapons. I Wait, mean, so you're all you're all like gun people, then, right? Yeah. Uh, me and the deputies are basically the only ones with ammunition left. Okay. Yeah. I'm, ass- I'm assuming we want to defend the town, right? Everybody's on team defend well, the town. I mean, I would rather not have this come to a confrontation if we can help it. I mean, I don't know if there's any way to stop them from coming here at all. Oh. <sighs> See, I was worried Moss was going to be different here than back where I'm from, but Moss back where I'm from is always like, what if we talk it out with the murderous psychopaths? So this is like totally I'm on par. I'm sorry, the Moss, you know a different Moss. Oh, you weren't here for this. So again, I mean, I keep repeating I mean, this you story. were babbling earlier about other dimensions, but like, yeah, so this time, listen real close. Uh, and he'll just do the same kind of speech again, but now coherently about other dimensions and how he's got a Quinny tattoo, but there's a Quinny and all this kind of stuff. Moss, can you roll me a an insight check, please? Yeah. Goddamn wisdom. Four. Um, He seems like he... At the very least, he believes what he's saying. Um, yeah. This, uh, your, um, you remember from from growing up, kind of before you you set out into the world, that um, changeling society uh, certainly has legends about this, but they're tall tales. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, unfortunately, with a role that low, you don't quite piece it together. I think this guy is a pastor. I just assume he's probably a religious fanatic who took things too literally. Yeah, and to be fair, although I, I keep repeating this is a godless land, there are still pastors and preachers like going around. It's just um, their society doesn't give them much weight. It feels yeah. more like someone yelling religion at you from a street corner than than anything else. It's yeah. not a land of divine intervention, as you see in other fey runes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or even a place where people are like, there were go- like it's not like twenty ninety nine where people are like there were gods, but they all left. Uh, here, it's literally just kind of like. Sure. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the day. It's a hard world. <laughs> As sheriff. I also, I also think like, like, I mean, this is the, the talk about other dimensions and other mosses. It's the worst it's doing, honestly, right now was just wasting our time. So I'm not that concerned about it. Gotcha. As, As sheriff, does Quinny know where the Tingley boys hang out? Um, their actual gang hideout would be, boys. would be some, some distance away from here. Um, I think you haven't gone looking for them um, only because that would be dangerous. Um, perhaps you've started to um, in, in the hopes of at least knowing, and maybe that's what you guys were doing in the desert in the first place. Um, I feel like uh, I should modify that. You probably got a tip that there was someone matching Reggie's like description description uh, on the edge of town from some travelers. Um, but no, you're you're not quite sure where where their hideout uh, would be. Problem with bandit gangs is they're very mobile. So where you know you might get a report that they were seen somewhere, uh, but they're highly mobile. Plus, if they are indeed in league with uh, Typhinius Industries, they might have access to um, stagecoaches and possibly even train lines. All right. Um, I will also say, Quinny, you are familiar with Typhinius Industries and trains and industry because you actually have been in larger cities before this. Um, so you have had a taste of, of the, the the supposed civilization that's coming, uh, that's, that's sort of uh, pursuing you westward. Um, so you're aware of kind of how easy it is to get around in, in some of these bigger city centers. Um, and Typhinius is like a massive 
industrial. They they are building the train line that will connect all of Faerun. So they are they're they have vast resources and far far reaching interests. And it's definitely not outside the realm that they would hire the the Tingly Boys to do this. Right. Well, we've got a couple options then. Uh, we go out to meet them, although we don't know where they are, so we could spend time trying to track them. They came here and left, so they left a trail. It's just a matter of being able to pick it up. We can prepare the town for defense, although that would mean we would need to go out and get better armaments and ammunition, things like that. Um, so we'd have to put a plan together if we wanted to do that. We could do one and then the other, uh, failing a, uh, a smaller confrontation with them. Although I assume we'll just die doing that. Um, anyone well, see like where they took Quinny, off but to? Sadder, you know, like there's not a lot of hope here. Like, why? Are you, what, hey, man, that's what's great. so bad about life? Where did we see them uh, take off to? So um, you have reports that uh, they headed uh, north into the hills, um, mm -hmm. which makes sense because that's pretty vast, uh, wild territory. Um, in terms of uh, how information is often conveyed around these parts, um, uh, travelers coming through town might have rumors for you. Um, you can also certainly, you do have some resources at your disposal in terms of townspeople. Um, there might be traders coming through that can can offer insight uh, on such things. Um, Quinny, you are uh, aware that uh, following uh, the end of, of the Civil War uh, here in Old West Faerun, uh, a lot of decommissioned munitions are transported um, fairly frequently uh, a little bit east of here uh, along the uh, Tiffinius lines. Um, so the, um, uh, the Northwest uh, Faerun line often uh, has train loads of this sort of stuff coming. Uh, I think back in your your criminal days, um, the possibility of robbing one of these trains was always kind of floated, but similar to like robbing a bank in a major downtown city. It's one of those like, oh, would it be great if we could do this? We'd die though, um, kind of uh, kind of situations. So you are aware um, that there is a possibility of of obtaining um, better weapons. Uh, from that, um, but it, it obviously requires some risk and you need to do some scouting. In terms of where the uh, the boys are, um, uh, having disappeared into the hills, uh, you'd likely need to find some locals, uh, possibly trappers or hunters up in that area who might have been able to pick up their trail. Right, so the Typhus line carries a lot of ammunition on trains. We could try and hold up a train, you know, break the break the law to protect our town. Um, I'm, I'm assuming y'all are comfortable with that. Well, I mean, I'd rather not hurt one person to help another. Uh, well, these are the people that are likely getting the typhus or the, uh, the tingler gang to raise our town to the ground. You realize that, right? Anyone who's left are people who said no to the, the payoff. And so now it's ah, threatening, true. and they're trying to muscle us all out of town. Oh, wait, wait, just a second. Ty Typhon, Typhonaeus, Typh, A, us, Ty, Typhus. Oh, this is the dickhead from the space world. Okay, yeah, yeah I don't like this guy. I don't like Typhonaeus. I'll tell you right now, definitely evil. Murdery, evil, crooked as shit. Nobody's that far off from where they were on my world, and that guy is a fucking dick. No, no, I, we can rob that train. That's cool. I know now we... we we can, uh, in theory, we will die doing that. It is a suicide mission. Well, see, here's you guys seem to be thinking just as this town, which is important because you've had to do that. But here's the thing I know, having worked with a very capable criminal who looks a little bit like you. Uh, and he just points at Quinny and he's like, that is, is so there <laughs> like bone chillingly <laughs> apt. <laughs> okay, so we can we can set up the town to start putting things together to kind of fortify themselves for when guns arrive, and then they'll kind of be able to drive that bus once that starts. There are a lot of criminal gangs in this area, and they are not all friends. So what that means is we might be able to team up with a gang to hold up the train. And then we'll have more people. And if somebody has to die, it can be not us. You know, there's there's more bodies, more capabilities. Also, I mean, the Tingleys are worth, like, what, a bunch of money? It's like, we got 1300 between these two, and how many people on that wall are Tingleys? There's probably more. There's I mean, how much is... 
how much is gold worth in this land? Like, what will a thousand gold get you? Is it like that horse or like a, a saloon? It's uh, wild westy times, uh, so a thousand gold would would be quite a quite a get. We might be able to hire a gang or something to come help us fight the Tinglys when they arrive and just be like, okay, you could have all the gold from all the bounties from these dickheads when they're dead. Law enforcement has tried to put policies together to claim the bounty on the Tingly gang. They are notorious. They are the most dangerous gang around here. They leave blood letters in towns threatening to burn them down. They give you a timeline. They're confident and they're capable. I'm so saying, saying you're not going to be able to recruit anyone with just money. As soon as they find out we're going up against the Tingly boys, they're likely to just as likely to turn us into them. I'm going to be honest. I'm hearing a lot of no's, and I'm not hearing a lot of scenarios where we don't all die. So I, what's now your plan? You're getting just it. die? If your plans die, then I don't want you to be in charge anymore. My plan is not to die. Um, Run away? That I don't know. is. Can't we all just hide in the mines until they pass through? And like, oh, no one's here, and. I mean, realistically, well, we got to rebuild this town anyways. Well, they're going to burn the whole place happen. to the ground. They're going to raise the town to the ground, and they're going to build a railroad. Also, generally speaking, if people are coming to kill you, you don't want to all climb into an area that you can't get out of. Then they sit outside and shoot you. So some some things to consider um, from your, your knowledge of the area. Um, what are our options? Well, no, you, you, you've, options. you've identified a bunch of good ones. Um <laughs> Basically, your your big concerns are uh, weapons. Obviously, is is the prime yeah. concern, um, as well as likely uh, manpower. Um, the town is fairly sparsely populated now, so going up against the Tingly Gang, um, right now the odds to Quinny's point are are bad, are quite bad. Yeah. Um, so one option for that is recruiting a rival gang, which is absolutely a possibility. It just depends on what you can give them. Um. The other option uh, to keep in mind in terms of the mines, as you brought up, Moss, is uh, the miners pretty much can't leave um, because yeah. the um, uh, the booming mine doesn't move. So they have a vested interest in helping, uh, perhaps over and above um, expenditure. Um, so the gangs you would need to recruit with, with a carrot of some sort. The miners might be willing to help, um, in some way, shape, or form, whether that's providing manpower, providing just bodies to help you fight, um, or possibly helping um, create a, a defensible position in the mines themselves, you just have to go strike an accord with the uh, the Rock Seeker Sisters. Um, in terms of weapons, um, yes, your your best bet is likely to stick up a Typhoneus um, train line on the n- northwest line. Um, you would likely need some information about what you could get and how. Um, a rival gang could have that, um, or you could try and um, obtain the information some other way. Um, those are kind of the biggest two concerns. Um, the third being whether you... And Quinny, this is more, I think, just a specifically for you to consider peace, whether or not this is even worth it. Um, because... Uh, Moss is definitely going to stand with the town. Butthole kind of doesn't have an option at this point other than needing greater reach to get home than just what you two can provide. Um, Plus, generally speaking, I feel like the interdimensional grudge against both uh, Typhus and Archibald Tingler is probably a pretty strong motivator. I mean, also, to be honest, Butthole just can't leave a town to get stomped by criminals. It's just his moral code is like, oh, good guys need help every single time he helps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Quinny, this might also be a go along with the plan as far as you can until you see a way out. Um, the assessment is ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind, but now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S, now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy all because we use shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business it'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms which means curious people are more likely to buy from you and you can sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Hello, I am Bernard Sherbert, the survivalist Rupert from Dum Dums and Dragons, and I am here to help you survive the boredom of day-to-day life by helping to engage in the wonderful storytelling, whimsy, comedy, and occasional tragedy of the Dum Dums and Dragons adventures. If you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, that is D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, and you can join for as little as $1 a month, which will gain access to our Patreon-only Discord, where you can hang out with other people who have also listened to the things you have listened to and seen the things you have seen and thus can describe them with you or at higher levels you can get ad free feeds where you can avoid ads like this one or alternatively at even higher levels you can add an npc name like bourbon gerbert was or you can add your own npc that you build at the highest level and get your name in the credits name in the credits name in the credits sorry i had to say that three times because it is very 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 cool this has been Bourbon Sherbert, encouraging you to go join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. See you in the future. Bleep bloop. Cool. Okay. So as uh, as you're you're discussing this, um, you uh, you hear a bell outside, um, which is uh, strange because um, there isn't a bell in town that you're aware of. Uh, none of you ever heard a bell in town, um, but there is a, a, a ringing bell. Um, I'll walk outside to see what's going on. Oh, um, yeah, me too. There is a, a, a cloud cover that's rolled in uh, across the plains. Um, but uh, through that cloud cover, there, uh, there seems to be a, a couple of, of rays of sun um, that have lit upon the steeple of the uh, the boarded up church, um, and um, uh, butthole, you feel a, a rumbling in your guts 
um, that um, is usually a, an omen of of Moonhammer's blessing. Um, <laughs> oh, or, this is good. Um, he just yells. <laughs> so you step outside, and um, you can see that uh, there there seems to be a small figure uh, in the the steeple uh, of the church ringing the bell. Oh, butthole's taken off for that fucking church. She wants to meet whoever Moonhammer sent. Um, so, uh, Quinny and Moss, are you following? Well, I mean, this is the, yes, this is highly unusual in an unusual situation. So, I think Quinny investigate. Do it. Quinny's got to try and plan. Great. Just plan <clears throat> this out. So, he'll let them do whatever they want with that. With the so, church. um, as they, they go, uh, as, as Moss kind of, uh, takes off on the chair towards the, the, the church, um, uh, wheels kicking up dust as is kind of like, oh, I feel yeah. like whenever you like motor around, um, it's just such a fucking dusty climate that you've got that kind of like Mad Max uh, <laughs> totally. Fury Road um, thing. Uh, so um, you watch them kind of rush off and yeah, you've got, you've got some planning to do um, as you kind of turn back to the office. Um, you, you also see a kind of strange sight. Um, there is uh, a man in a, like cotton candy pink suit um, with a um, sort of a uh, pork pie hat uh, and a cane um, uh, who is uh, knocking on uh, the uh, the door of uh, Jim Jim's um, Sarsaparilla Saloon. Uh, and he just says, uh, pardon me, Mr. Proprietor. I would have a word if I could. Um, and then he enters the, uh, the saloon. All right. Uh well, Jim Jim was one of the people I was going to talk to anyway, so I'll go over there too, I guess. Okay, cool. Um, Butthole, you rushed uh, towards um, uh, the the church, and um, uh, you uh, you just hear um, a, uh, a little goblin voice um, uh, yelling, Worry not! Worry not! There will be salvation for all! Garvo promises salvation for all! And Butthole's just going to reach over to Moss's shoulder and rest a hand there and say, oh, this is very good. This guy, mwah, chef's case. Okay, come on. Hello, Garbo. Uh, he'll just go into the church. Um, so the uh, the doors are boarded up. Uh, it would seem Garbo climbed the outside. Do you, do you crack open the doors? Yeah, 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 100%. Um, all right, so you, you break the um, – go ahead and roll me a strength check because dice sometimes in this game. <laughs> That is a 15. 15. Uh, great. So you you uh, pry off the boards uh, and uh, boot open the door as though you're visiting uh, your Liana. Um, <laughs> and uh, you're hit with a, a musty smell. Um, this place has clearly been uh, disused for some time. Um, and there's kind of like uh, boards up over the windows, um, but there's still some light drifting in through the slats. And it's got that classic like drifting... Um, Sort of like uh, dust particles and everything else drifting in the air. Uh, there's like a Final Fantasy VII style garden uh, in front of the altar that seems to have grown just kind of um, up through the uh, the baseboards. Um, but uh, butthole, you uh, you behold a, a strange sigil um, uh, atop the altar. Um, it looks similar to the sigil of Moonhammer, uh, but it's at an angle. Uh, it seems to be tilted sideways. In crossing uh, the the hammer, um, there seems to be a sickle, um, and uh, it's both familiar and and vaguely strange um, to you. Um, but uh, you you feel a, a sense of relief seeing it, even though it is it is dusty and unused. Uh, and you find yourself in the the chapel of the uh, the hammer and sickle. Well, this is nicer than I thought it would be. They destroyed my temple. All right, yeah, yeah. There's hammers. There's hammers. There's stuff to work with here. I did Gar Garbo. Um, you hear what? Garbo hears voices from downstairs. Mystical yeah, cause, voices. Because we're, we're down here, Garbo. We'd like to talk with you. Oh, <gasps> they know Garbo's name. Uh, and you hear some some clattering, uh, and then a, a rope drops from the ceiling, and um, uh, a, a small goblin-y figure uh, drops down. Um, this, uh, this, this fellow looks vaguely like your, your Garvo, um, but kind of much hardier and more hale, uh, almost as though he hadn't been killed and brought back to life a bunch of times and then suffered through, <laughs> uh, the soul plague, uh, from oh, the, yeah, uh, well Garvo. of souls. Um, 
Uh, and uh, he uh, he seems to be wearing a, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat coat uh, of religious sigils. Um, so <laughs> you see um, uh, the, the same sort of um, uh, symbol you see on, on the altar uh, sort of up at the front. Um, you see a sigil you remember from your god-killing days uh, from the god, god of gnome abs. Um, you see some of like the big guns uh, and also some like darker gods that don't come up too often uh, like Orcus um, but basically uh, if you're familiar with uh, Benny from the mummy uh, <laughs> it seems like that kind of level of just like I have all of the religious icons in the hopes that one of them is real um, and uh, he uh, a- a- approaches and uh, says uh, well, well howdy there it, it-, it is I uh, Garvo of the divine word uh, and I come offering salvation, I hope. Oh, hi. I'm, okay, so I'm Pastor Butthole, and this is a deputy? I don't know what your deputy. rank is. This is That's Deputy correct. I'm Deputy Moss, Moss. Of the local constabulary. Uh, so I'm, I'm a pastor of Moonhammer. So so what brings you to uh, Tomb Slab, Garvo? Uh, um... And uh, Garvo um, grins broadly and, and says, uh, Moonhammer, eh? I'm not familiar with that one. I will have to add it to my coat. My coat of many divine inspirations. Um, and uh, Garvo explains uh, that he is a collector of religions. Uh, that in a, a world that seems to be um, bereft of, of divine intervention... Um, he travels from place to place, um, uh, kind of learning what he can and uh, and bringing those those religions to places. Uh, and he's particularly drawn uh, to sites of great catastrophes. Um, and uh, as uh, as you introduce him to Moss, he goes over and, and shakes your um, uh, your dexterous. Uh, 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 forgive me, what's that character's mm-hmm. name? Uh, Mrs. Paisley. Mrs. Paisley goes and shakes your Mrs. Paisley hand, and just like with, with a, a good degree of bedside manner, is like Garvo is very sorry for your forthcoming loss. Um, I'm, um, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, just uh, your 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 town will suffer great calamity. Yes, I believe that is what the fire it's, was was suggesting. I'm not sure I follow your big yeah, building. How did you, you hear down. about it? Like, how'd you know everything was going to go to crap? Because we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Points at his brain. He's like, Garvo has dark dreams. Garvo saw large disaster, town destroyed. So I figured I would come here and learn what I could and and, and bring offers of salvation. And Garvo, do all your dreams come true? Oh, yes, very much. Okay, Garvo. Very much or all? I mean, Garvo has not been able to travel to all of the places Garvo has seen, but generally speaking, Garvo saw some shit during the war, and most of that proved to be true. So, Garvo, how does the town get destroyed? Like, could you tell us which direction the bad guys come from? Like, what they do? That kind of thing. Um, and Garvo I want play-by-play. La- play. Garvo <laughs>, laughs and says, that would be very useful, but Garvo only sees the result. Flames, destruction, and one... Brave, short soul standing against it all. Interesting. Okay, so then here's the question. Do you you want the destruction to happen, or would you be cool with teaming up to try to stop the destruction, to try to raise people's faith? And Garvo laughs again, and he says, Oh, silly pastor, that is beautiful idea, and world Garvo would like to live in, but town is doomed. Garvo knows cannot be stopped. But happy to help how I can, but... uh, don't get hopes up, big guy. And he like pats you on the side. Sun sickness? Does it spread or something? What is going on here? Yeah, I've never really heard of sun sickness. I think the sheriff kind of made that up. You know, it feels like uh, one of those catch-all terms that people put too many different illnesses under. In a future age, there will be probably some kind of book, some kind of diagnostics and statistics manual that'll break down other mental illnesses into more reasonable categories that aren't just calling everybody crazy. Garvo thinks that would be a sound idea, but Garvo does not have sunsickness, only known disease. Oh, that in consumption, because Wild West. Yeah, yeah, people get <laughs> Coughs that. in a napkin, a white napkin, and shows it mean- See, no blood. Garvo, fine. Oh, that's good. You're going to live a long time. S- sunsickness is physical. Well, anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, it, uh, 
Look, yeah, but what are, what are you good at? Are you good at like medicine or healing or anything? Like, is there anything you can help the town with? Yes, Gar- Garvo is not bad at that. Uh, mostly Garvo brings uh, spiritual uh, tidings uh, to people. Try and give uh, hope for for better life beyond this one, that, that perhaps there are things that look out for us. You are a pastor. You must understand. Okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay, so if you want to just like clean up this building, that'd be great. We'll kind of leave you in charge in here. Okay, uh, but the... first, Garvo has has asked for you. Okay. What is a moon hammer? Oh man, this is going to be a good talk. So I think we'll just say we fast forward a half hour. Uh, yeah, and I was say, we're, we're going to cut. Philosophy. I'm about to cut away. To I was yeah. like. Yeah, like I, I think I might leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh no, this is important for you to know too. So let me explain to both of you why Moonhammer is way better than everyone else on that coat. Um, and so uh, you launch into it. Um, meanwhile, uh, Sheriff Quinney, um, you enter uh, Uncle Jim Jim's uh, Sarsaparilla Saloon. Um, how much time have you spent in this place since you arrived? The only place to get a drink. So every night. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're fairly familiar. Um, as you enter, um, there is a a, um, a a sweet scent in the air that is uh, like oil and water to this place. This place normally smells of like, uh, there's a, a particular kind of stank uh, that only seems to exist in, in a certain uh, quality, shall we say, of pubs, where it's just like a mix of like a deep fire that's never been cleaned, uh, like inexplicable carpets that are somehow perma-sticky without being wet. Um, and just that like weird stale air of like bad beer, gross fryers. I miss these oh, yeah. places so much. I miss them so mm. much. I don't. But you just open the door and it's like, <laughs> boom. Like it's opening the door to like a burning building and you just get hit by a heat. In this case, it's just by like weird, bad pub stank. Um, so to have a perfumed um, scent in this air is is like really quite alarming. Um, and it's just like uh, like a hint of lavender. It's like really nice. It just... It's not what you're looking for when you come to the saloon. Um, so you step through the, um, you know, that mid-level double doors that, that they go fit, fit, fit behind you because, like, Wild West. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you look over. Uh, there is um, the uh, the traditional um, uh, gnome pianist um, just, uh, you know, wearing, like, the red and white striped uh, uh, piano player garb. Um, who's uh, just uh, hammering away on a tune. Uh, Ryan, what's the song that's playing in uh, Jim Jim's? Um, it's just the old McDonald had a farm on a loop. Oh, oh God. I shoot right. him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, uh, you snap off a shot um, and uh, he ducks and he's like, ha ha, maybe next time, Sheriff Quinny. <laughs> Anyhow, here's the little ditty I like to call Old McDonald had a farm. Ha <laughs> uh, And he goes back to uh, piano playing. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a large open space. Uh, there's like a poker table over in one corner. Uh, a lot of those like two seater tables, um, for characters who get out of the way when a showdown's happening in a movie. Um, obviously there's like a line of stools at the bar, uh, and then a a stairwell, uh, up to the, uh, the rooms upstairs, uh, which serve as again, the, the, the town's only kind of, uh, boarding house. Um, as well as uh, the only good place in town uh, to pay for a shag. So, you know, serves multiple purposes. Um, behind the bar is um, Uncle Jim Jim himself. Um, a, uh, uh, you know, as you'll recall, a, a hardy dwarf. Uh, of course, in this case, he is a Wild West dwarf. Um, so uh, he doesn't have the beer. He's got big mutton chops. And he's got a long curled mustache. Uh, still has a fake toe. It's not going to come up in the adventure. But just so you know, that gross toe thing is still a thing here. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, he is, uh, he's sitting there polishing a glass uh, on his little step stool that gets him up to the, the bar level. Um, and um, this, uh, this man is uh, in the process of um, laying down a, a very um, a beautiful and ornate velvet cloth um, over one of the bar stools um, before kind of hopping up onto it. I'll sit down at the end of the bar and just observe. I won't interrupt. Right. Um, so uh, Uncle Jim Jim will slide you a, a sarsaparilla just kind of to to keep up appearances. He, he kind of knows the score. You guys are pretty friendly, so he just does that naturally. Um, and uh, he says, well, uh, howdy there, fancy fellow. What can I get for you? 
Um, and uh, the man takes off his hat and uh, takes out yet another. Like he seems to have several of these velvet napkins in his uh, pocket. He pulls another one, unfolds it, puts his hat on top of it. Uh, and he says, uh, well, uh, I certainly don't mean to interrupt your day of business, sir. So if you feel the need to continue to serve Sasperilla down the way, I'll fully understand. But when you have a moment, I would love to talk to you about this fine property here. You see, my name is Ambrick Valathan, and I'm here from the uh, fine folks at Typhoneus Industries. And boys, howdy, do we have an offer for you? Now, I understand your town seems to be in a little bit of a bind. Uh, I understand that... Uh, you're being troubled by ruffians and bandits. Terrible things. Truly terrible. But I just want you to know that uh, at uh, Clearwater, the uh, the new city we're building just down the way that will be connected by our glorious new train line, uh, such an establishment would certainly be welcome. Why, I do believe it would be packed rafter to rafter by all sorts of thirsty and horny folks just in desperate need of the services such a place can provide. So I guess the question I have to ask you is, would you like to become a very rich dwarf today? And um, Uncle Jim Jim kind of shoots you a look. Uh, but Quinny, uh, you actually see um, some uh, what looks like shame and a bit of uncertainty in his eyes. Um, and um, he uh, he kind of shuffles a little bit and he says, uh, well, you know, I got, uh, I got some pretty serious roots put down here. But, um, well, in light of everything that's been happening, uh, he looks at you kind of apologetically. And then he looks back to Ambrick and he says... Uh, yeah, I might might be might be time to to move along. I was thinking of opening a place called the Winchester Arms. You know, just thought that'd be a nice uh, <coughs> nice name. And uh, Amber says, "Well, that sounds fine, fellow. Fine indeed." Um, and uh, he pulls out uh, pulls up his briefcase and flicks it open. And sure enough, there are contracts and gold. And he says, uh, I'd be uh, very happy to help you along the way on that right now there, fella. Uh, must say that I feel a little uncomfortable doing business with a pair of eyes on us. Uh, and he turns to you, um, Quinny, and says, oh, you must be Sheriff Quinny. That's right. Yes, Quinny Brownbarrow. Yes, that's that's correct. Boy, howdy. Very nice to meet you there, Sheriff. Uh, I do apologize if I'm interrupting your sarsaparilla sipping uh, to conduct my business here, but I do believe that uh, me and uh, Mr. Jim over here are uh, in the middle of a rather, uh, well, personal business deal. Uh, Doesn't seem terribly personal to me. Seems um, like you just walked in here, walked up to the counter, offered to buy the place off of him on behalf of, uh, well, the rail line, wasn't it? The rail company. Oh, that is correct, yes. Yeah. Say, uh, Jim Jim, uh, uh, I understand uh, the position you're in. You didn't by any chance maybe have your opinion swayed by the fact that uh, the Tingle Boys rode through here not too long ago, burned down the stable, and then rode in blood, a threat to come back in three days. Did that have any impact on your decision? Um, and uh, Jim Jim is doing that like awkward, like looking between um, his ex and his current partner thing, um, being like, ah, well, uh, no, this is a uh, sheriff. This is something I, I've been considering for for a long time. Surely I must have mentioned it in one of our uh, one of our evenings together here. Um, but, uh, you know, I've just uh, I think it's about time. Clearwater sounds like a beautiful place. Uh, it might, might be time for, for me to, to pull up sticks, you know, uh, I, I, I like Tomb Slab a lot, but might, might be time to, to get moving. Can you roll Can an insight use, check? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Use your, go use ahead your with your deceit. detective skills. So that's a six on the die, which means it gets bumped up to an eight plus two, ten. Ten? Oh, wait, no. Uh, oh, it, it's for insight. So, yeah, it's just plus two. Yep. Uh, ten, ten will do it. Um, okay. Yeah, he uh, he is lying. Um, there is no, no doubt about it. This is a, a man speaking under coercion. Uh, Jim Jim has often talked about how much he hates cities and how much he generally like hates other places. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, this, this place, uh, was built by like, you know, his family generations back. Like it's been a family bar, uh, forever. And he, he's very much looking forward, forward to, uh, um, handing it off to, uh, his, his son, uh, little Jim Jim. Um, who mysteriously isn't here. Mm. Say, uh, Elbrick, wouldn't you say uh, it's a little 
I don't know, convenient for you to come into town almost immediately after an attack on the townsfolk and a threat being issued for them to get up and leave, coming in with uh, kind of a an offer of escape, if you will, buy up their property, send them on their way. Does that seem convenient to you? Well, you know, now that you put it that way there, champ, indeed it does. But doesn't it kind of seem like the right thing to do? I mean, if you're being threatened, that sounds awfully stressful. Mm-hmm. In a clear water, there will be no threats. <laughs> we uh, we have uh, real law folk around there, you know? I see. Once you don't uh, have secondhand badges, for instance. Right. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, by the way. And if you want to have a conversation out in the main street, we can do that. Oh, I'm no, I believe I've made my gun. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and uh, he just uh, sort of shrugs and says, I-, I believe I've made myself very clear. Perfectly clear. Now, you do realize that you're kind of already been through here and made their offers and have been outright declined by those that remain. And, you know, you picked up a couple of folks and got them to sell their properties, but everyone else who remained has refused time and time again. Oh, that that is true, uh, uh, Mr. Brown Barrow, Sheriff Brown Barrow, my mistake. Uh, but uh, it would seem to me that... Uh, you know, sometimes folks just, just need some more time, you know? Sometimes all it takes is, I'll say, three days for folks to really uh, consider their options and decide what's best for them. So all I'm doing is offering folks just another chance. I mean, after all, Sheriff Brownbarrow, don't we all just want another chance? Isn't that really at the heart of the matter for most of us? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, now speaking of having time... You've got about three minutes to finish your drink and be on your way. Very good. In that case, uh, Mr. Jim Jim, I just require your signature. Shouldn't take more than a second. Uh, and then no, I do Jim's believe- on break now. He won't be back for another ten. Uh, and Jim Jim kind of looks between the two of you. Um, and uh, his, uh, his mouth draws into a, a fine line. And he says, uh, well... Uh, Sheriff, I'm afraid the nice thing about being on break is uh, you can still sign a document. Um, and he reaches for the pen. Jim, what are you really going to do after this? If you don't protect and stand up for your place, your home, will you ever be able to call another place home again? Um, and uh, he smiles at you kind of sadly and he says... Uh, no, Sheriff. Don't believe I will. And then he signs the document. Um, uh, Moss. Um, this is so tense. I just want to kill people, man. <laughs> I just want to kill everyone. Uh, it's, it's the a, easy solution to all of my problems, and I haven't to, done it. It seems to be a theme whenever you end up in a Winchester related in this dimension or another. Quinny's just yeah. like, fuck it, I just want to fight things now. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, uh, Moss and... Uh, Butthole, um, you are in the uh, the chapel um, of uh, the Hammer and Sickle, uh, and Butthole, you've just finished describing um, uh, Moonhammer to Garvo, who's very, very excited. Um, and uh, Moss, as they've been talking, I think you kind of zone out a little bit because, like, you have your own belief set. Um, you know, you, you, yeah. you have... Um, in the same way that Garvo has his his coat, um, you have uh, sort of a, a, an almost religious icon you, you've been carrying with you um, from your people. But I think you treat it uh, more as a good luck charm than, uh, yeah. than a religious icon. Um, but at the same time, um, given your your desire to bring light, um, the fact that uh, these these two f- folks are having a uh, a very frank conversation about um, religion and kind of what motivates them and how they can help people. Um, it's actually kind of refreshing. Um, it's, uh, yeah. religion isn't the way you would go about it, but you understand that perhaps they're just trying to accomplish the same things you are, um, through a vastly different means. Um, as opposed to a lot of the preachers you've met who are just like, hi, I'd like power, please give me some info. Yeah, totally. Um, so I, I would say overall, um, we're not going to like make flow charts for this or anything, but, um, I would say your trust level in butthole has risen through this conversation. You're still annoyed that you had to sit through it, but um, you get a sense of, uh, you're a pretty good judge of character and you get a sense that uh, whatever else he may be, he has convictions in what what he's describing. And mm-hmm. given that the tenets he's describing are friendship and taking care of each other and all that, like this all 
tracks um, pretty closely with you. That said, um, because you're not directly involved in the conversation, you've actually had um, some time uh, to observe uh, the space around you, um, particularly with Garvo's interjections, asking for clarification on you know things like flatulence and whether it has to be religiously motivated or could just be... <laughs> Uh, you know, anyone's, um, <laughs> uh, you know, those tough, hard-hitting theological questions. Um, you notice that um, the, uh, the the sort of icon um, above the altar uh, has begun to glow ever so slightly. At first you thought it was a, um, a trick of the light. Um, but uh, as, you, as you look at it, um, you notice that um, it almost seems to be pulsing a little bit with um, just kind of a, a faint blue blue light am i getting like is does this feel ominous or uh not is, ominous is, is but definitely any... strange i mean again admittedly magic does exist in this world yeah. so this it's not like oh my god it's a magic like it's not like 2099 with like what did you just do it's like yeah well given yeah given and given all the religious talk i think i would have to interrupt and say sirs sirs is is one of you responsible for this here happening over here. Um, we'll and look at it. Uh, Butthole, can you roll me a religion check, please? It's a 13. I'm not great at religion. <laughs> <laughs> is that not your your prime? What is your prime moon hammer? Religion stat? is intelligence. I live in insight. Insight is my okay, world. So go ahead and roll me insight then. I apologize. Yeah, it's, it's been a hot religion. second since we've... If we've we want had... to do the same thing with the different score, that's now a 17. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, one. Butthole's intelligence is a negative number. <laughs> a... I mean, like, I'm aware. Uh, I yeah. Just, you know. Yeah, his challenge is he doesn't actually know anything about any religion. He just trusts his gut Feels on moon things. hammer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Butthole, you see the, uh, this sigil glowing. And again, it, it's not quite, I, I want to be abundantly clear that this is not the sigil of Moonhammer. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but it's similar enough. Um, you see it glowing, but, um, you, you actually find yourself kind of rising almost, um, uh, almost inadvertently, um, like just kind of drawn by that sort of gut instinct you normally get, uh, around, uh, miracles of, of Moonhammer. And, um, you um, begin to make your way uh, towards the the altar. Um, I assume we'll, we'll assume that by this point you've kind of finished your your tirade to to Garvo, yeah. um, who is busy like drawing the sigil of Moonhammer as you've described it and pinning it to his coat. Um, uh, and as you you start to make your way towards the the icon, um, you actually see that um, kind of at the base of it, um, there seems to almost be a shimmering line leading into the ground, but it seems to go further down. Like, it doesn't seem to stop at uh, your feet. Um, it would uh, seem to be leading underground. Well, is there, like, a door of some kind, Tom? Can I see, like, a trap door or anything like that? Uh, you don't Any see anything. stairs out back? Uh, there are <laughs> stairs up, because of course there are, but no, there's no stairs <laughs> down. Um, this seems to be a, a, a very simple one-level um, chapel. All right. Is there anything he could see that he could swing that would be heavy that could break the floor? Oh, totally. There, there's there's pews. Uh, there's yeah, pews. I think he's just going to take up a all. pew. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Can, can I borrow that for a second? It's very close to a hammer. Um, what are you going to do with it? Uh, whatever my goddess tells me. But she's she's very good. Very good. Runs a good part of hell. Uh, no rattlers. No, no. Seriously, what are you doing with it? I have to go through the floor because I was told to by my goddess. Can I go through the floor? You can follow me. <laughs> can I break the floor? I'm, I'm going to break the floor if that's what you were doing. I, this seems semantic. Sure, go ahead. Okay. Just like right here. I'm, at this point. I like my mall. I don't like other people <laughs> touching it. See, the fun um, part is you're sort of joining my religion now. Go ahead. <laughs> and I just uh, take my big troll arm and just with right. the, with the, with the, um, not not the axe end with mm -hmm. the hammer end. Great. Uh, can you go ahead and roll me a strength check, please? Totally. Fifteen. Fifteen. Um, great. So um, raising it uh, high above your head, um, you you bring it down hard, um, and uh, you hear a crack, another crack. Um, Garvo's eyes kind of go wide. He goes, 
Garvo sees the floor collapse, uh, and then the the floor uh, beneath you completely implodes, um, and uh, the three of you um, fall. Oh. Um, you hit well, a unexpected. Uh, <laughs> you hit um, an ancient set of stone steps, um, and all of you kind of tumble um, down uh, down these steps. I think. Um, Moss, you're likely able to stabilize yourself a bit after you like tumble a few times, just given yeah. like your your big beefy arm. Um, you're able to kind of flip the chair back up on onto kind of uh, an even keel, um, and to activate the uh, the stair mechanic, which is very yeah. exciting. Um, it's cool. a yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, yeah, uh, Laura, you want to cover it? Yeah, I have um uh, a beacon stone, mm-hmm. um, that's basically in the armrest on the on the right arm, and I can kind of play with it and tap it in order to like hover up and down to move up and down stairs. Yeah. It doesn't give the, the chair like flight capabilities, but it's enough that it can manage stairs quite handily. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a very kind of light magic. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, it's like a consumer grade magic. (laughs) It's like, if you're going to mass produce something, it's like this. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Anyone can buy. Yeah. Um, But um, yeah, exactly. uh, And butthole, would you just kind of let the, let the, the tumble take you or would you try and slow your descent? Um, I feel like he'd be surprised because he's only ever fallen in like 60 pounds worth of armor, which makes everything hurt the whole time. Like you bounce way more than you'd otherwise think. So I think he'd mm-hmm. just kind of let the journey take him. Moonhammer sending him down these stairs to glory. <laughs> Great. So, um, you, uh, you kind of go tumbling, um, with, uh, Garvo tumbling beside you and, um, Moss, uh, at first, like tumbling behind you and then sort of managing to right herself and, and instead sort of slide down behind you. Um, and uh, as you're going head over heels, uh, butthole, you consistently see that um, glimmering blue line um, along the ceiling. Um, so it clearly tracks kind of further down. Um, the air around you is getting um, colder and uh, I would argue staler. Um, it's it's like um, going into an underground, um, like a cold room, um, you know, where you'd hide bodies. Um, yeah. Or, like, keep <laughs> things cold, but mostly by... Cellar? Yeah, I mean, we all watch TV, so it's body hiding. That's yeah, the man. only reason anyone has Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, I've listened to enough true crime podcasts to know that's the only purpose of a cold room. Um, oh, but, uh, but, yeah, kind of like, a similar vibe to a cellar. Um, but the walls are becoming stone, um, which is a bit surprising, given that everything else is wood. Um, and eventually, um, you come um, spilling out uh, into a large circular room, um, so it's a circular room. The walls are, are made of uh, natural stone. They've clearly been carved into the, the earth itself. Um, however, there is stone stonework inlay on the ground uh, and on the ceiling, uh, which has been carved into kind of a small dome. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a door at the far end of the room um, that uh, is closed um, and, and has some kind of ornate markings that match uh, the, the altar upstairs. Um and uh, in the uh, the center of the room, um, there is um, uh, there are two statues, um, sort of uh, beautifully carved uh, statues of uh, two figures in a, a battle pose, um, sort of back to back. One uh, has uh, hammers for hands and is um, standing, striking a dramatic pose. Um, and behind her is another figure um, with a, uh, a scythe um, that is uh, carved in stone. Um, and immediately as, as you enter, um, the, the entire uh, statue kind of lights up in a bluish, blow, uh, a bluish glow. And um, uh, Butthole, uh, you notice that uh, the man is wearing a full suit of shimmering golden armor with a carved inlay of the hammer and sickle. And Garvel oh. says, oh, yes, yes, the twin gods. Wait, they're twin. Wait, 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 wait. He's just, he's on repeat <laughs> now, just staring at them, trying to put this together in his head. And he's like, now when you say twin, so that's, that's Moonhammer. And that's Who? We only know them as the hammer and scythe. Wait, so the scythe and the hammer are twins? Yes, the twin gods. Who's their dad? Garvo don't know. 
fuck. I was really hoping you'd have some answers for me, Garbo. Okay, this is blowing my mind. Okay, so that's Moonhammer, if you want to know, Garbo. That's Moonhammer right there. Okay. And that is Moonhammer's okay. brother. I don't have a name for that one. I have an idea of what that name might be, but I'm going to have to roll a die because I need to know whether Moonhammer thinks I'm right or not. Okay, the only thing I know is that God's name is not Sunhammer. I don't have a name yet, but I know it's not Sunhammer. There was a chance. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, and that God's name is Ian. Just... <laughs> David. Okay. That's um, amazing. And okay, so the, the armor that's being worn, Tom, is it like built into the statue? Is it like a suit no, on top of the it statue? Is a suit on top of the statue. And Garvo looks to it and looks to you and says, uh, Garvo's no tailor. And then he like, gestures to the jacket and nods and kind of like a Garvo's a bitch and good tailor. Yeah, you're not, says, not a tailor. Uh, but he says, uh, but Garvo thinks that suit would look pretty good on you, Pastor Bobpole. Well, I think it's time that I got to try this thing on if nobody minds. Moonhammer, this is dope. Also, very curious about your brother. We're going to talk next time we see in hell. Okay, uh, and he'll just start taking off the suit and strapping her on. Uh, Moss. Well, what is going on? Well, my goddess sent me armor. You can see that's her on that statue. And this is apparently her brother, which is mind-boggling, but I don't know that much about her family. I... And I'm Garvo! Well, geez, I have to get something out of this other than this armor. Uh, is there anything else that I can see? What, did you say there was another door? Uh, yes, there is a, a door at the far end of the room. Now, okay. uh, please wait. This is hugely religiously significant for me. I don't want someone to just run through. Like, I need to see it all. Um, He's a little bit teary looking at the statues and shit. This is very important to him. Uh, yeah, no, I understand. Um, so you um, you strap on the armor, uh, and uh, it fits perfectly. Um, as you're putting it on, uh, you find that um, there are moments when it doesn't, and then it almost feels like it's shifting um, to kind of fit your, your frame. Um, and, uh, with that, uh, is, is there a helmet, Tom, if you don't mind me asking? Um, there is no, there could be, do you want a helmet? I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out whether or not I'd stick with my green hat or whether I would switch to some kind of helmet. Look, we're staying wild west. So you're still going to wear the poncho and hat over the armor. Uh, great. Then a, a helmet TBD. Cause it's always weird when no, characters I, don't I, have helmets. I, I don't think there is a helmet largely because this is also ceremonial religious armor and if they're going to to pick their gods uh space marine sergeant rules i'm important why would i wear yeah. a helmet that also would keep me realistically alive? moonhammer didn't wear a helmet so i don't know why her brother would um so um you you place the armor on um and you kind of like roll your roll your shoulders a bit and it's it's heavy but you know it, it feels right um Rather than having uh, the sigil of Moonhammer, of course, it does have the uh, the hammer and sickle. Um, but, you know, it still feels roughly right. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, Butthole, uh, you gain uh, the armor of Sunscythe. Uh, not that you are aware that that is the name. Um, it's going to bump your AC uh, up by four. Ooh. Okay. And um, it'll have all sorts of rules when we get to, you know, Dungeons and Dragons proper again. If you get out of this realm. If you don't, we'll come up with some rules for this realm. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can go ahead and describe how you think this looks. Keeping in mind, it should be a... Uh, it's it's ceremonial. It is like an idealized version of a god's armor. Um, what does this new armor look like? Yeah. Um, oh, uh, and sorry, the one thing I will give you is that it is gold uh, as opposed to your traditional silver. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it's a it's a lot of like kind of traditional plate. Like I I, I think where it gets fancy is kind of as it works up because like as a lot of statues, they want your focus to be around like the head and shoulders. Mm -hmm. So like the legs are kind of more standard there. But as they come to the shoulders, the shoulders almost like the shoulder plates go out and almost curve to a point as though it's two kind of like scythe blades coming down. And the chest, instead of where they do the abs or like that kind of thing, it's actually a big hammer design. So it's like the the handle is where the abs are. And then the pecs are just the head of like a giant war hammer with like the scythe kind of like arm things. And then the gauntlets, like one, one gauntlet has a big kind of inbuilt sigil of a hammer. And the other one has an inbuilt sigil of the scythe on like the right arm with the sigil of the religion at the center kind of like on the front of both of the like shoulder pauldrons and probably at the the knees on like the the suit. So it's it's closer 
entwined. Like it's more metal. Like you'd probably see more joints in his mm-hmm. older plate, but this is somehow almost impossibly seamed. Mm-hmm. And like, or, or you're seeing like little bit, like little interwoven, like chain links in between. So it feels more solid and looks more solid than armor should for the amount he can move in it. Like gotcha. there is that bit of like semi-magical artifice to its design that he, that's cool, but he's never seen replicated before. Absolutely. Um, and uh, as as soon as that settles in, you you throw oh, your oh, and it's got like a a six inch like gorget around the back because I love those raised metal collars that like stop at the side of the head just so yep. nobody can tag him in the neck from behind. Right. Um, and um, as uh, as you settle into it, um, Garvo His poncho will now be a cape. <laughs> I was gonna say Garvo very helpfully throws the poncho up and over you. You do the full Clint Eastwood. Bit where it's like over one shoulder, so it's still dropping down the front, but like still kind of a uh, around your neck, um, and uh, places your hat uh, atop your head and says, "There, perfect." Uh, which is when uh, the door gets booted open, um, and a dwarf wearing matching armor storms in and shoots you. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sure I can't get you a drink? Uh, I, um... They'd had a moment, hadn't they? That afternoon when Garrett had smiled just like this, warm-eyed and amused in a way that made Tony want another cigarette, but also want to step forward and... Hey, Kate, what are you writing? Ah! New text post on Thursday, May 21st. Title. Why you should be watching Selkirk. So, Selkirk fandom, who wants to read my 5,000-word essay, Garrett, last name, Secret Werewolf? I'm Kate, by the way. They kissed? I think I lucked out when I found Selkirk. Because if I'd loved something else, I would have made friends, and I would have been able to read a ton of great stories. But... This way, I met you. Me and Day You, a new story about love and fandom from the Procyon Podcast Network.